All right, welcome to another episode of the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. This is Overtime. I go by the name of Demiso Josie alongside. Spencer's here. How you doing? Good, sir. I'm doing well. I'm tired, but it's been <laughs> so, a long day. Long day, man. Why are you so tired? School. School. Going back to work six and a half hours? Yeah, that's, that's rough. How's those heels doing? Huh? You, got Listen, the, you got the heel fixed. I'm, I'm off injured reserve, um, <laughs> but that's which is a good thing. I did take some advice from some, some of the ladies that we had on that last show. They were uh-huh. like, yo, suck it up, buttercup, and up. put a Band-Aid on there. Oh, so uh, the Band-Aid did work. Our, our wonderful nurses did look me out mm-hmm. and make sure that I was able to finish the day. Like, that was a long day. A long I, don't, day. I don't think people understand how long of a day it is when your feet hurt. That makes Especially when you haven't been on your feet all summer mm-hmm. and then you get back in, in the teachers. Those are the worst, like, two or three weeks. You know what I mean? Back mm-hmm. hurt, heel hurt, and all mm-hmm. that other nonsense. No, I, I, I agree. Because it, it's similar to, like, like, if we were playing football, it was like I, I, I strained my hamstring <laughs> for the first week that I had to go hard. Yeah, that first day, I went hard. I was uh-huh. everywhere, first floor, second floor. Uh-huh. And um, I was easily aggravated because once I got that blister, I didn't. That was I instant attitude. You went and soaked that foot in some mm-hmm. Epsom salt. Epsom salt, <laughs> absolutely. It got some Hennessy as well. Got some ease Hennessy. that pain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just read an article that vodka is like good for that kind of stuff. Well, I love um, watching old westerns. I know every time somebody got shot, they were drinking whiskey. So I don't know if it's vodka or whiskey. But if, if you're on a low carb diet, then I'll say you go ahead with the vodka. <laughs> if you don't care about your carbs, go ahead and get yourself some, some whiskey. That is funny. I want to ask you a question, real yes, sir. Quick, because a lot of people have been hitting this up and be like, well, what is the Empowerment Perspective group all about? I put a little video out there, but mm-hmm. if you put it in your own words, what do we do? We inspire and empower people. Mm. That's that's plain and simple. That's that's really all we do. Mm-hmm. And then we try to have fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that people are trying to figure out how we're so successful. And like I said before in the radio show, we have the number one podcast. Number it's, one. It's, it's us. Right, and then it's Drink Champs, and then it's, it's um, Jalen Jacoby. I Those are the ones that I watch. you want to say is Die Line, Die Line. Nah, <laughs> 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 no, it's all good, though. Um, yes. But, yeah, our, you know, our little audience is, is, is growing. I should say little. It's, it's getting getting bigger and bigger. Um, okay. The more people we talk to and the more we push this thing out. Now I got people requesting Facebook friends I don't even know and all that stuff. And mm. I got to keep, you know, the business and personal separate and all that. But... Um, it, it, it's interesting, and now people are recognizing, and we got some things coming up in 2019. I keep telling people that 2019 is going to be, be a big year, so everybody need to get these stuff together. Yeah, it's going to be big. It's 2018 over. Fourth quarter is already over. Pretty much. Wrap it yeah, up. It's, it's, we're going the last couple of minutes of the quarter. So. That's it. That's um, it. But yeah, I, I'm waiting. I'm excited. You know, soon so we start releasing some information. But you got a party coming up next week. I do have a yeah, party. Got a party. I got a couple party. parties, actually. By the time this podcast come out, um, I'm actually on my way to Harrisburg tomorrow because my nephew's having a um, cancer remission party. It was his last mm. um, thing of chemo. Okay. Uh, so we're going to go party it up big up there in Harrisburg for him. Can you have fun in Harrisburg? I never partied there before, so I can't. Okay. I mean, I drove through it plenty of times. My brother lives kind of outside the city, but I never okay. really, I'm going to find out. I'll report back to you. Yeah, let me know, because I, I think of Harrisburg, I think of museums. Uh, I <laughs> That's all you. I think about. I it's state capital. It is a state capital, right? Yes, it is. So me and the first lady, we're going to go down there and uh, mm-hmm. hang out for a little bit and do our adult thing. Still can't see you guys hanging out unless you guys going to be like, Listen, at the we, museum. We have fun no matter where we go, so we could be anywhere. You know, Frank Lenz, too, we're going to have fun. Franklin Institute is fun. It is fun. Yeah, that's yeah. Philly, though. So I got that party, and I got another party coming up. Um, you know, having all these birthday parties. I'm going to send you the picture that they're posting around of you, because I, I don't know if I'm, like, living a movie, oh, party. whereas, though, that they, they think you're dead. For some reason, they think you're dead. 
And it was a movie. And I actually had to ask the substitute today, have you ever seen that movie with Bruce Willis? Uh-huh. Um, because I really think that I'm seeing dead people, the way they're acting like you're I dead. dead people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing a podcast with a dead person. Huh? That is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody know I got issues. We should do a live podcast at my, my funeral, apparently. That's, that's what this is. At your memorial? <laughs> yes. I don't know. Some uh, people make it fire. I'm just joking. We ain't gonna do that. But um, we are. We down. should set the camera up. At least. Yeah, set it up. Set the camera up. It could be like a wedding. You know, I've never been married before, but I hear that <laughs> you can set up a camera and people like give you shout outs. So I think we should bring the people. At the wedding, some weddings they they pin money to you. you yeah, can, I'm a, that's I've what I heard want. About that's that too. what I want at this party. They need to start pinning. You want twenties? I want twenties. At least twenties. At least at least twenties. Pay that. You might want to get a hundred dollar bill. That's true. It is payday. It is payday. Listen, EHT, I better come correct. Mm-hmm. I'm on 100, so on here. But we are down here in Millville. That's actually, not too far from, from our radio mm-hmm. station. We're the, really, like down the street. Uh, literally yeah. down the street. I think, yeah. what, 10th Street? We're on mm-hmm. 9th Street? Mm-hmm. So we're at the Phenom Factory mm-hmm. um, down here, and this is all about baseball. Yes, this I love year, baseball. This year's this year zone right here. Uh, man, listen, I love baseball. Mm. I do not like watching it, but just the <laughs> idea of the sport is absolutely great. How you going to love it you going to watch it? Because it takes too long. That's petty. And, uh, and, uh, listen, it may be really petty, petty, but the game in itself, when you're playing baseball, it, it's so many things going on at one time. Mm. So when you're playing, you're trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen next. Mm. Because if you're on defense, you, you know which pitch is coming. Mm-hmm. You, you know that there's a whole lot of situation that's going on. So if you're playing shortstop, you know that the ball's hit to you. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you got to go to first. Or if a man on first, you know, you can try a double play. There's mm-hmm. so many things that has to happen within a split second. Mm-hmm. But if you're watching it, <laughs> like, man, he hit the ball to shortstop. He couldn't hit an outfield. After a while, you could tire. Uh, so it's a thing, in, thing is man's game right now. So, you know, it's, 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 it's like chess almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's similar. It's probably the closest thing, closest sport to chess, mm. um, because it's slow paced. And watching chess, you can't watch it. You get bored watching chess too. So listen, you can get up and you can well, actually. I know people that play a whole game of chess. It takes almost like three months. <laughs> they play by themselves. They sit there. Yes, they sit there and, and <laughs> contemplate that next move. It takes three months. Uh, man. So who we have on set today? Oh, we got my guy. Now? We got to talk about. He got a new job too. Yeah, so now job. we got a connection in Miami. Yeah. Ain't, ain't gonna, what Miami? Yes, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Introduce yourself because you yeah. actually was on the radio show. We was actually talking about finance. So introduce yourself, sir. So guys, my name is uh, Sergio Korea. Um, I'm one of the one of the baseball instructors at Phenom Factory. Um, I have a new job. I'm going to be working with uh, Amazon. I'm going to be a senior talent coordinator there. So I'm mm. going out there recruiting uh, people in uh, high school, college, really? uh, and uh, recruiting people there, like entry level jobs and their warehouse jobs. How did you, you get that job? So luckily I got it on LinkedIn. So uh, they had like a military hiring. Uh, they said, mm. hey, um, you're military. Send us your resume. We'll send you a job. Um, mm. So I sent my resume. They sent me this job. I was like, oh, cool. So I wanted to work in either PA or New Jersey. But uh, Miami was my uh, was my third dream choice. And they're like, you know what? We'll give you Miami. I'm like, oh, cool. Even better. So uh, went through a couple of webcam interviews and then uh, ended up offering the job uh, a few weeks ago. So, so LinkedIn uh, really works. It does. <laughs> okay. okay. Listen, a lot of people were really skeptical on LinkedIn and oh, these are just liking people and connecting with people and they don't really do anything with it. 
but we have living proof. Yes, LinkedIn. At LinkedIn. Yes. That's how I actually connected with Sergio on, on mm -hmm. LinkedIn. So when I, when I was scrolling through, you know, trying to find someone that can actually talk about, you know, EOF or talk about recruiting for college, mm -hmm. you know, he, he responded like that. And mm -hmm. he was like, sure, I'll, I'll come on. And he was right here in the area. I said, mm -hmm. man, this is, this is good. So anybody that worked for LinkedIn, listen, we'll do a commercial for you. We've proven that it works. Mm -hmm. You know, this is how this podcast sort of goes farther and farther through LinkedIn. So shout out yeah. to them. Dr. from Pittsburgh. Who do we have? Uh, LinkedIn. Robin. Dr. Robin, yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. It works. It's it works. And make sure you friend us. Right, right, right. So how did you get like your love of baseball? Like, where did that come from? Oh man. So growing up, my whole family is uh, they love baseball. Uh, baseball is really big for us. We enjoy watching it. We enjoy, we enjoy playing it. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom had played softball growing up. My dad played baseball in Puerto Rico growing up. Uh, he coached me. My cousins. I watched my cousins play. Just having like an older, uh, my older cousins just playing with them all the time, um, and they actually made me better growing up. Mm -hmm. Started playing travel ball, got a love for that. Um, now, so my senior year of high school, I tore my uh, tore my labrum and shoulder. Um, I was a catcher, so uh, still have difficulty believing. <laughs> if I stood up and you and Sergio stood up, you'd be like, "Yo, ain't no way in the world he was a catcher." <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, I ended up being a. I was a catcher. I started umpiring at sixteen. Uh, mm. So when I hurt my shoulder, I was like, what can I do to stay in baseball? But I can get paid for doing it, too. So I was like, you know what? I can umpire. So I umpired, went to Cooperstown, um, umpired there every year. Very similar to, like, the Lowly World Series. Um, mm -hmm. We get to see, like, the best travel teams all over the country. Um, like this past year, I just I, was, I got the championship game. I was a, I was a played umpire, which is probably the biggest thing. Out of 52 teams, you had 52 umpires. Mm -hmm. Wow. So six guys. Yeah, yeah, I was a crew chief. Okay. So out of the six umpires, I'm the, I'm the guy in charge getting wow. balls, balls and strikes. So. Um, and then I ended up got the opportunity to start working at the Phenom Factory, so it ended up showing my love for baseball mm -hmm. and instructing kids individually. Um, I'm doing I was doing clinics, so I actually have a clinic tomorrow. Um, I do I'm doing my catching clinic tomorrow, so I work my kids there, mm -hmm. work on leg leg strength, endurance, I'm teaching them the proper way how to catch. Cause that's probably probably the one thing I can see over the thousand years of umpire. I don't, I don't see coaches really teaching kids how to how to catch mm -hmm. properly. So that's something that I love to teach, and how to just teach kids how to like catch a doubleheader and not be tired and exhausted right. afterwards. Right. So yeah. I, I actually played just a little bit, and from from my perspective, there are two positions that are the toughest to actually work with, and far as teaching them fundamentals, which is pitching and catching. So. For parents that are watching, like, what do you recommend to be able to get them to be able to, I guess, be able to learn how to catch? Because, again, you have some catchers that are set up directly behind the plate. You have some catchers that will, will set up too close to the batter, whereas they actually get hit by the bat. You have some catchers that will set up so far away, whereas though the, the umpire has to be in back of the catcher, now the strike zone is nowhere near where it should be because he's too far back. So how, how do you teach someone to catch? So for myself, like, thank God I, I was a catcher and an umpire at the same time. So I, like the kids that end up moving themselves all the way back, mm -hmm. one thing I always teach them is like, if you're gonna catch, you can't be scared. Mm -hmm. um, that's the best thing to teach them, man. When a batter comes up the bat, so if we're in the batter's box, boom, I'm the batter here. You're the catcher. You're the catcher. So mm -hmm. if you could put if you could put your hand or his glove on your foot, he is safe. Mm -hmm. He cannot be hit. And that's why I teach my guys, hey, you're good right here. Mm -hmm. So I I, just, I scooch him up all the time behind the plate. But it's funny too because one time growing up playing travel ball, one of my coaches had told me he was like, the two positions you'll ever always be recruited in college or to be able to play in in, uh, in high school or college baseball is pitching and catching mm -hmm. because they're so hard to find, mm -hmm. especially a good catcher. Good catcher, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. Hey, now let's go back to you when you were an umpire. 
did a, did a coach? Did you ever throw a coach out of a game <laughs> and he kicked dirt on you? Like I see, has that ever happened to you? Oh man, I've, I've had it. I've had that, and I've had worse. I've had a coach wanted to fight me on the field just because he told me he's like, "Remember, my league pays you," and I said, "Sir, this league needs me more than they need you." So he was like, "What did you say?" And then he was like, "Oh," and started, he, I don't know if he didn't think I was Spanish or not. So he started. Cuts me out in Spanish. I'm like, sir, you know I understand exactly what you're saying. <laughs> that is too funny. Let's, let's talk about the, the unwritten rule. Like, as a coach, all coaches know that you're not supposed to argue balls and strikes. You just don't do that. Because what will happen is that that strike zone for your team will get huge. So big that the ball will be over his head on part strike. That's and there's nothing you can That's do. That's petty. Well, you're not supposed to argue. That's, you can't do that. You That's cannot petty. argue balls and strikes. He's not going to admit that, that he does that. I'm not going to say I've never done that. <laughs> All right. Now, what about when it gets to be about maybe 6 o'clock and you want to go home? Now, does the strike zone get a little bit bigger, not for you personally, but for other umpires? Because I've seen guys start speeding up the game, and the strike zone is huge around 6 o'clock. See, my thing is 6 o'clock is when we start the game. Oh, So okay. we get to like that 8.30, 9 o'clock, and I'm like, you know, guys – I go to the players, I go to the players, swing, swing the bat. So if, if I know the kid, I'm like, hey, tell your team to start, start swinging the bat. Let's go, come on, let's get, let's get it moving. You ain't supposed to do that, man. That's, That's why that coach wanted to fight you in the parking lot. So we're here, and so as I, as I was looking at some of the kids work, work out, I want to talk pitching. Now, when you're training a kid to pitch, do you teach him to step on top of the rubber, in front of the rubber, or off to the side, closer to third or first? Like, where's his foot placement supposed to be for that balance? So for myself, so with, with some of my kids that I teach, so a lot of the people, they do the, they call it the cliff lay. So mm -hmm. a lot of kids, when they start off on their windup, they'll have one foot on the rubber, one foot off, and that's in their windup. Mm -hmm. Off to the stretch, they're going to be right in front of the rubber. That, so they can push off the rubber so they can throw a little harder, use their leg strength. Mm -hmm. That's what I try to teach my kids. So I, I try to find whatever is more comfortable for them. So right. if, if they want to throw from the stretch, which I usually teach, that's when their foot is right in front of the rubber. Mm -hmm. um, usually that's the easiest way to get more um, to get more repetition. Your, your throw mechanics are going to be more the same. Mm -hmm. If you throw from the windup, a lot of times you're gonna, you're might, you might get a little bit underneath the ball, you might get more on the top of the ball. So it depends on the kind of player you are um, right. and how comfortable you are. So I always teach my younger guys, especially my eight and nine-year-olds, throw from the stretch first, get comfortable doing that. Mm -hmm. And if they're good ball players, then I let them yeah. don't start with the windup and see where we can go from there. Wow. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Wow. So talk, let's talk about this building for a little bit. Um, how did this place come to be? So for uh, so what happened was um, from what I from what I know from the owner, uh, one of his sons played on a baseball. Went on a baseball team, played at an academy in Berlin. Um, they didn't like the way it was run. Um, it was very like political, um, mm -hmm. so they ended up saying, you know what? They met an investor. They were talking about how what happened to their kid. An investor was like, well, if you want to run the business, he's like, I'll, I'll invest in you guys. You guys do, and they're like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they ended up finding his warehouse. Um, the the two owners ended up doing a lot of all the work basically themselves, um, and they ended up opening it up. So that's why there's kind of not a, a team that comes out of here because they want people to come here and I, kind of like uh, Planet Fitness. They don't want to have that. They want to have a judgment free zone. They yeah. want their kids. They want any team to come here and not feel like there's a phenom factory team. Any right. team can come here and, and anybody can come and play and kids can get their work in if they need to right. with different structures that way. Gotcha. And what's the address that, that we're at here and how can people get in contact? If, if Well, how can... 
So you can you can actually uh, either you can Google the Phenom Factory um, or write on Facebook for Phenom Factory uh, and you'll be able to find us. Um, our lessons are actually really cheap in the area. Mm-hmm. For a bucket of baseballs, you just want to come hit. Um, it's about five dollars, not even for a bucket. For a bucket, not even. Well, okay, per hour for the cage. What are you guys charging for the hour? For the hour, um, I think it's about uh, thirty-five, and you get a pitching machine included as well. Mm. Do you guys, you guys have like um, self-feeding where automatic, or you have to have somebody? Uh, with you have somebody else. So okay. we have like the jug machines, and then we have our eight tech machines, which they throw a lot harder. So they throw about 90, 90 miles per hour. You can get, you can get it up there. I, mm. I don't, even, I don't even get it up that high for myself, but uh, usually we can, you can get it that high if you really wanted to. And softball too, softball. Oh, softball, yeah. So we our jug machines uh, integrate to either slow pitch or uh, regular softball. So you can actually get that up to that machine goes up to sixty miles per hour. So at forty five, it's actually pretty pretty good. And that's usually what a lot of even our high school pitchers throw as well. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty good. Now let's let's switch um, just for a second. I want to talk baseball bats. Okay. Now, for a parent that's really not too familiar with baseball bats and the sizing, like how does a parent know what size bat to use for their either son or daughter? The best way for, without explaining to parents, really, really old school. So I have this uh, kid stand up, grabs a bat, puts it by his size, about about his waist height. So for me, I'm, I use a 32. Mm. It's about around where my waist is. Um, so for high school players, they all have to use minus threes. So it's mm. about, so if it's 32, it's going to be 29 ounces. Um, 33 is going to be 30 ounces. But for younger guys, it's going to be more of a feel. Mm. The kid has to be comfortable with it. Um, if it's, I always say, if it's light, let him swing it um, so he can get used to it and then let him gradually work his way up, mm. especially when he gets 13, 14, 15. So if you're 13, I would say minus five. Um, anything that's a minus five would be great. And then 14-year-olds, let them start swinging at minus three. They may, they may swing and miss a lot. The bat might be a little heavy, but they're going to have to use them when they're 15 to get to mm. high school anyway. Mm. So that's why I always try to explain to parents. Mm. Uh, unless you have like a really small kid that's like me, that I was 5'2", growing up my whole life, um, I used a minus eight. Um, until I was able to swing that minus five to minus three. So unless until I got some more strength in my strength mm. in my arms, strength in my arms, and mm. had, had that was able to get up to that level. What about glove selection? Like as far as the, um, can you tell us the difference between an infielder's glove, outfielder's glove, and possibly what they may use at first base? Um, so for outfielders, I usually recommend either a definitely uh, twelve inch, twelve or twelve inches or high or, or bigger. Okay. So for a younger kid, I would say twelve inches is more than enough. Um, if you're going to play info, you kind of want a smaller glove. So I myself, I use 11 and a half. But you can use between uh, 11, 11 and a quarter to 11, 11 and three quarters. That's usually that's going to be your infielder glove because you want to you want a smaller pocket. You want to be able to really get that quick release out. Um, and then for your first baseman, for your first basements, uh, usually it's just whatever. You can get smaller uh, style first basements, but you just want to get whatever fits that person's hand. Um, if you got a, if you got a big kid that's six foot three, six foot four, he can get that bigger that bigger glove, that bigger mitt. But for a younger guy, you just want you want to get something that's going to fit him. So definitely like a twelve inch first baseman is going to work out perfectly. It's weird because like catcher's mitts, I still use my same catcher's mitts about a thirty one and a half. Usually guys that are older like my age, they use about a thirty three or thirty four inch, and I think it's like a few months. But for me, I have small hands, so it's kind of hard for me to get around the baseball when we use it. But uh, for the older guys, I would say uh, younger guys, thirty one and a half, twelve to fourteen, depending on their hand size. And then when you get into high school, say about thirty three, thirty four. That's what they're going to use in high school for catcher's mitts. Now, now should parents invest a whole lot of money in equipment early, like little league and Babe Ruth, even though they may not be, 
using this same equipment in high school? Should they invest a lot of money? Um, I say personally, a bat doesn't. I, I don't think a bat makes a difference for a player. I would say if you're going to invest in anything, invest in a good glove. Hmm. Invest in good glove, invest in good catcher's equipment if they are a catcher. Um, because catcher's equipment you can grow into. Um, so like for myself, I've had I had the same catcher's equipment from my freshman year of high school all the way until like last year until I was 22. Um, I just bought recently bought new catcher's gear, but. Usually, catcher's gear you can you can grow into, you can stay in it. But um, I would say for bat wise, unless the kid like the only time you want to switch bats is if you're 13 minus five, mm -hmm. 14, 15, you can use that minus three for a couple of years. Um, just take care take care of your stuff that way. Um, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say invest too much into your bats. But depends on the level of the player. If, you're, if you know your son's pretty good, then you know what. Then maybe buy that. Uh, then buy that for them. Now you mentioned catcher's equipment. Do knee savers actually work? So when I teach in my classes, <laughs> if you go through one of Sergio Correa's catching clinics, you don't need knee savers. You're gonna, I would love for you guys to come to my clinic tomorrow to see how, how I work my kids. You're supposed to be on the radio. You're supposed to be on the radio tomorrow, too. Yeah. I'll be there. I'll okay. be there. But uh, my kids, uh, they after literally uh, 45 minutes of my workout, they're like, I think I want to take these knee savers off. I was like, you know what? Take it off for next time. Because you just you, your legs get so conditioned that you don't need them. Um, but knee savers do help. Um, if you have a kid that, so I remember we were talking earlier about kids playing all year round. So if you have a kid that's catching a double header, yes, please use the knee savers. Because the kid should be catching double header regardless of the fact. But I would say if you're, if you're catching multiple days, yeah, use the knee savers if they're not conditioned all the way that way. But if they're getting conditioned, getting some clinics in, like going to surgeries clinics, then I would say, yeah, you don't need them anymore. You'll be fine. Are you an advocate for players playing year-round, especially at a young age? I'm not. So personally, um, baseball was my number one sport. I did play football. I did, I did play basketball. But baseball was my number one sport. Um, but I don't. Um, I, I would say kids can play. Let kids play spring, summer. If they want to play fall, I think they should commit fall to just Saturdays or like a, one day a week so the kids can more practice. But if the kid just wants to play baseball, okay, just let them. But let a kid get the opportunity to play basketball. I'm like, I, my, for whatever reason, my dad always said, play basketball, you get taller. I'm still five foot six. But. So wait a minute. His theory was, the more basketball you play, the taller you're going to get. You just realize, oh, all basketball players are taller. You know, maybe if he jumps, maybe he'll stretch him out. Had nothing to do with DNA. Nothing at all. Mind you, my dad's like 5'11", I'm 5'6". I'm like, that is, my mom's 5'2". I'm like, dad, I got the right height. That's funny. I mean, I'm an advocate for, for uh, especially in, in high school. Unless you um, know that that's your sport and you're really going to go to the next level. Even then, I would say enjoy your, your high school career, sports career. And if you're an athlete, play as many things as you possibly can. Because you're never going to do that again in an organized way yes. in some of these games. Like, you know what I mean? If you're truly a baseball player but you love basketball, you got four years, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You're not going to play any more organized uh, sports. I think a lot of... Uh, parents and a lot of kids do themselves a disservice and then you kind of some of them get burned out you know what mm -hmm. I mean and then they start hating the game and, and things of that nature um, I'm not sure with baseball but for other sports like when I was getting recruited for football they wanted to see that I was an athlete they can teach me how to play the game mm -hmm. football, but they wanted to see my versatility, you know, you know, basketball and running track and all that stuff. So um, any parent that are, that's out there, expose your kid to as much stuff as you possibly can. When they get a little older and they, you start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, then you can probably start bearing down on it. But um, I think we're doing you know, a lot of these kids, especially I'm 
Like I said, the really, really little kids, like, mm-hmm. let them enjoy their, you know, being a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. I think the toughest part, I mean, because, like, most of these guys that play baseball are really, really tremendous athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the difficulty with me watching is that the managers don't allow them to show off their skills. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing too much coaching, coaching and not just letting them play. Mm-hmm. When you go back to guys like, like Pete Rose and you, you talk about, like, a Andre Scalaraga and you, mm-hmm. you talk about, like, a Barry Bonds, you watch Sports Center and you see the highlights that these guys have been. You you impressed. Mm-hmm. Even my other guy, which is um Yasiel Pugh, like I've never seen anybody be able to throw the ball like Yasiel. Mm-hmm. Never. He's he's a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. He's what LeBron is. Mm-hmm. But they do not let him enjoy the sport no more. Mm-hmm. When he came onto the scene, he had so much energy. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about he's throwing from a wall, maybe 340 feet on a line to like third base. I've never seen nobody with that much arm strength. Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson running up the wall mm. when he's going to go out there chase a, a fly ball. So and a lot of these athletes, even you throw Mike Trout in there, and oh, he, Mike he played phenomenal. basketball, yeah. he played you know different sports and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and he knew he was going to play baseball. I mean that was his his, mm-hmm. his thing, but he also played those other sports as well. And I, and mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. You guys him, mentioned you guys told me about the other guy Kennedy that came through here. Can you talk about him a little bit? Yeah. So Buddy Kennedy, he um, his grandfather was a uh, batting coach for the Brewers. He actually works here as well, so we, we've done things together, and his body type is very similar to Mike Trout. Mike is just a little, little shorter, but same body type, same width, very, very fast. Um, a hell of a ball player. Um, he's also very humble as well. So you can have a casual conversation with a kid that's going to just talk to you just like anybody else. He's so good. Um, his swing is just remarkable. He'll be sitting, he'll, he'll be, I'll be having my clinic with my, my nine-year-old right next to him. He's like, boop, 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 boop. You're like, the kid is like, I don't want to hit no more. I'm done. I was like, he's terrible over here. So uh, he's, he's definitely a phenomenal ball player. He's doing well in, 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 in minor leagues, and uh, I can't wait to see him. Get, I can't wait to see him go, come up. Because just me knowing him personally, just seeing him grow up, mm-hmm. uh, just a good ball player all around. That's dope. That's dope. I mean, because right now Millville is really a hotbed, and I think it really started with Mike Trout and his success. And once he became a, a national name. Um, everybody just started blocking the Millville to see what was going on, mm. and more importantly, to drink some of the water to see if they can catch <laughs> what Mike Trout has. Because, again, like you said, you coached against him. I coached against him. I coached. I was uh, coaching at Hamilton, and um, he uh, he had the ball center field. That ball still probably still in the air. <laughs> I never seen nobody hit like that. When, but again, looking at somebody like that, you just mm-hmm. knew like he was super fast and super strong. But the nicest dude that even in the high school level, he was like super humble. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and, and but that was. He was a great athlete. Um, we also I coached against uh, I can't say his last name, but Matt Cesar, I believe. I oh yeah, um, he's Kate Mason. Right? Okay, another one that I saw him like just like all right, he's he's a monster. He's a man mm-hmm. playing against boys. Like you knew he was going going to do good things. But, he's a pretty uh, decent football player too, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Another one that played you know mm-hmm. multiple sports. So. Um, you know, the parents out there stop putting your eggs in one basket. I mean, uh, obviously, you need to guide them in the right direction, but don't. I can't stress it enough because I see it every single you gotta day. Got to diversify. You got to diversify your portfolio. Absolutely, diversify. <laughs> yes, make sure your son or daughter's playing more than one sport because you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, the the experience and the relationships that they'll build, like they're building social skills, they're learning about teamwork, mm-hmm. and and they're learning how to to take orders and and be humble. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that's key to Mike Trout's success as well as Buddy Kennedy's because they're coming from 
families where it's though that they are really humble mm. and they don't think that they're better than what they are, even though the whole entire world believes that they're <laughs> right. great. I think they learned a valuable lesson in the other sports. They learned about failure, right? Mm-hmm. So they wasn't necessarily the greatest basketball player or whatever, and so they, they learned how to deal with that failure. Where, like, say, on the baseball field, you knew that they was going mm-hmm. to be... Can't wait to baseball season. Can't wait to baseball season. But baseball you learn a lot of life's lessons. Like I tell people all the time, I'm more interested in my failures than my successes. Because mm-hmm. that's where you're going to learn to grow, and that's how you're going to learn how to handle adversity, something that mm-hmm. this world definitely... Um, needs to learn how to do because mm-hmm. you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I, I want to talk about the, the big issue that's going on in the NFL. Sergio, I want to get your take on it. Um, what about the guy that quit at halftime? How do you feel about that? <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I see that I was, uh, I was, I was in my, so I'm, I was active duty uh, Air Force for uh, the last few months. I'm a reservist. Mm-hmm. But I was in my hotel room and I was watching that. And just to see him say, he's like, I, I just realized that I'm like I just don't have it anymore, and I'm just like you could have just wait till the end of the game, just mm-hmm. say, guys, look, man, I got a cramp, let's let me sit. Mm-hmm. But um, I just thought that was I thought I thought it was a little I thought it was a little childish. Come on, man! Everybody in the grandma had that vision and that dream of listen, of quitting. I thought somewhere. about quitting today. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, Every day I think about quitting. In the middle of an important meeting, I'm like, you know what? Yes, listen, today listen. we had a meeting after school. I'm thinking, you know what? I don't even want to do this no more. That is too funny. I mean, he had that feeling before he went in there. I, I get it, but at the same time, I respect the fact <laughs> that he was bold enough to be like, right, he turned the shower on in the locker room. There, I was like, yo, what you doing? At halftime? Like, it ain't shower time yet. Well, remember we were down in Atlanta, right? And we, and we were talking, and we had the, the young ladies from Baltimore, and, and we, we had the guy, I think he was from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And they was like, yeah, we had teachers in Baltimore that just quit. He just rolled out, yeah. Like, and I'm like, I'm baffled. Like, what do you mean they quit? I actually stopped the conversation. I'm like, what, what do you mean they quit? It's like, yeah, they, they decided they weren't coming back to school. They, they're just done. I'm like, yeah. just left the kids hanging like that? I'm like, you know what? I'm out. Mm-hmm. They all seen that episode, that show from, um, that scene from, um, what is it, Harlem Nights? I ain't coming back home. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Lady Sunshine. That's what they all got it from. He, he, he called the coach on the phone and said, listen, I ain't never coming back. Tell the team. <laughs> I ain't never coming back to work. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, put mommy on the phone. That's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that the way he, he went about it was, and I agree, that he could have handled that a lot better as a professional. Um, and you never want to be someone that's going to quit on your team because those guys were counting on him. Um, that team. That team. <laughs> I that, think I'm out. That's all we got. That's <laughs> all. I think I'm out of roll. So, yeah, he's like CMB. That's all we got. <laughs> so, I mean. Uh, he, he definitely could have handled that a different way. He could have waited to the bye week and be like, listen, I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about five main reasons as to why he should stay. He should have waited to third down alone when he was on the field. He just took his helmet off <laughs> in the middle of the play. Did you see the, did you see the guy? Um, which team was that? He was, um, he was on a kickoff return. He fumbled the ball. He ran into the end zone. His helmet came off. And then somebody tackled him. They called a penalty. I, let me get the scene to highlight. They called a penalty because they said the guy should have known that his helmet was off when he tried to tackle him. Like his head was bleeding and everything. I'm gonna see you the highlights. I was amazed. I'm like, yo, how, how you gonna call a penalty on a guy? He's trying to tackle him. And his helmet came off. Like you open game. Should have known his helmet was off. Oh, we gotta get back to baseball. Right? Yeah, That's yeah, football. Yeah. That's um, so you said the cages are, you know, twenty thirty dollars an hour. And you have talking about the uh, the hit tracks machine because I've seen that online. Tell us about that. 
So with uh, with the hit tracks machine, it's actually pretty good. So like, oh, we have some. We have another guest. Do yourself. Do yourself. Do yourself. Sir. My name is Alex. I'm the general manager of the Phenom Factory here. Okay. Okay. So he was going in. Sergio was talking about the hit tracks. But now that you're here, you're free. Tell us about hit tracks. Hit tracks is a batting simulator, similar to a golf simulator. It's probably the easiest. Most people that are have the familiarity with that. Okay. What it does, it gives the kids a uh, visual feedback on mm-hmm. their exit velocity, launch angle, all the big hot okay. words in baseball mm-hmm. right now. We've had it since we opened up three years ago. So uh, we're hoping to you know, use that as a training tool. We also mm-hmm. use it as an entertainment tool because you can do home run derbies. Mm-hmm. You can play a simulated game. Um, and it allows players really just to um, you know, compete against each other in a virtual, mm-hmm. you know, virtual environment and also learn at the same time. Okay. And it sounds like fun. Now... Now, I also seen that you guys, you, you had mentioned that you guys do a home run derby. Now, have you actually won on the machine yourself? I mean, did you put out? Oh, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, mean, uh, I think he's challenging you. I think, <laughs> I think that's what's happening, right? <laughs> uh, what, is, what is your number? How many are you putting out? And what stadium? Not too many. Not too many? Okay. Uh, to be honest, uh, I'm more of, you know, an average hitter, so... Mm-hmm. You're a base hitter guy. That's yeah, the type of guy yeah, you are. Yeah. Okay. What about but I've seen, some, I've seen some real big shots in here. We've had kids that fit a baseball over 105, 107 miles an hour. Oh, we've had slow pitch dudes hit it. They hitting Chapman. Hit one. You mean to tell me you got a kid no, right now? Exit velocity. Oh, I was just talking about they didn't hit Chapman. I'm about to say, listen, you got this a kid. guy probably could. Uh, wow. Harry probably could have yeah, hit Chapman. Definitely. Yeah, Harry can hit Chapman. Could. Yeah, he probably yeah. could. Yeah. Oh, wow. How old? Um, he just graduated college. Oh, wow. He's from Bloomfield, but uh, uh, it's really it's a lot of fun. Mm. It really is a lot of fun. What what got you involved in this? Um. Well, I've always been a. I've always loved sports growing up and then um, when I had kids I was a coach mm. um, and just kind of fell in love with that just mm-hmm. was always you know always wanted to be involved with my you know my son and my daughter in that regard and uh, there was one time we had a we were playing for a team and it didn't really work out it was a little far away and uh, the way they handled the situation was a little uh, unprofessional so mm-hmm. we decided that there was a need for it to be handled a little differently so mm-hmm. we were like you know we're looking at our area as a hotbed, mm-hmm. as uh, I heard you guys talk about mm-hmm. earlier, and um, you know, try to seize an opportunity and to provide, like, you know, our, we were traveling 45, 50 minutes to go to this place. Mm-hmm. So for that to happen and then not, um, you know, not really be worth it, we're looking at the kids around here like, wait, our kids need a place to go. Like, at least mm-hmm. our, our, you know, Crumlin County region, mm-hmm. you know, the are, you know, 40 minutes away kind of a target. Right. And uh, just wanted to provide a home for kids to come practice. And luckily, we've Mm. Seem to do that so far, and uh, gotten lucky to have guys like Sergio and you know other parts of our coaching staff that are uh, you know doing real well here and mm. you know helping us maintain a high standard mm. and uh, you know be that place for the kids right. to come to. I think you hit on three important uh, factors mm-hmm. in terms of business, and I want my audience to really understand this: is that one, you you saw a need, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, two, you you based it upon service. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily you were chasing money, you were chasing service exactly. to the community. Exactly. And then the, the third important thing that I always preach, I just posted something about this, is having the right people around you mm-hmm. to make sure that oh, yeah. this goes right. So yeah. uh, I just wanted this, you know, as a sidebar for my, our audience to understand that. That's just something that we preach all the time mm-hmm. with the empowerment perspective. And this is kind of what we, how it came to be. We saw a lane, 
mm-hmm. want to do service, and you know we put great people around us, we put mm-hmm. great people on the podcast, and, and, and you know you guys are doing a phenomenal job here. A little bit that I you know saw things yeah. here. The, best, the important thing I saw was that these kids enjoyed coming in here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and you guys only saw like a small glimpse. Like mm-hmm. there's that's the best part too is seeing kids go from we've had kids that started out when they're eight years old now they're mm. 11 mm. now they're getting like coming into themselves like mm. whoa kid you're getting big like, <laughs> so just to watch them grow as players and as as kids you know and it is it's the best part about it is having the smile on faces the family being a part of it and mm. stuff like that that's where uh i think a lot of things are kind of lacking is it's you know kids being innocent having fun remembering mm. it's a game and mm. it's supposed to be fun mm-hmm. you know you train hard and you work hard and stuff like that it's it's, it's a game, mm-hmm. you know, it's, games are meant to be fun, mm-hmm. and, you know, smiles are part of it, so mm-hmm. the more we see of those, that's the better, you know. You hear that, Sergio, it's supposed to be fun, you ain't supposed to be cussing at no, no coaches, <laughs> throwing, people <laughs> out. throwing people out and all that stuff, it's supposed to be fun. <laughs> well, I'll say this, because when I played baseball, I've won one game in high school, it's a lot funner when you win, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so when you go one, se- one in 79, it's not that oh, fun. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns. Listen, we were worse than Cleveland Browns. <laughs> That is awesome. Oh man! So we let's switch gears a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I listened to the radio show, but I don't think you asked him the traditional question. Uh, listen, because you wasn't there, right? And I have a problem with time management, and we were all over the place. <laughs> so the reason that we didn't get to the question is because you weren't there to provide the structure. To put you the gave structure, me the yeah. keys to the kingdom, and we were all over the place. It's like you give the, your your uh, 17-year-old keys to the car for the first time. Yes, and absolutely. like, listen, you need to be back here by 8. Mm-hmm. Green roll in at 11 30. I'm no, coming in no at 7 o'clock in the morning. The car, no gas Same in the thing at 8 o'clock. <laughs> yes, and, and I crashed the car. I didn't say anything. Yeah. Like, wasn't it like this when you gave it to me? <laughs> Empty McDonald's bag <laughs> in the back seat. Uh, All of that stuff. So we got to ask the yes, traditional yes. question. Okay. Are, are you guys petty? I get crickets now. I can, I can, I'm a petty umpire when it comes down to it. Yeah. We, we, we do that. We never <laughs> discovered that. It gets to 845. He's like, listen, the game needs to be ended because yeah. I need things to be. <laughs> Would you consider yourself petty, sir? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> no, right, here, here we go. All right, here we go. All right. So you don't get upset when someone rents a whole bucket of balls, but they don't pick them up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I've been in the cage one or two times. Let's make some noise. Because you're looking at it like, so you ain't going to pick the balls up. You going to leave all the balls all over the place. We, uh, we actually combat that with a, we have a sign that says, have you forgotten your keys? Do you have your phone? Or all the balls picked up? She like, just to kind of be like nice and like subtly like throughout the end, like, has to the rest of the balls. So, but hey, first question is, did you forget your phone? You know, do you have your keys? That, that sign is petty. Y'all should just cut to the point. <laughs> Make sure you pick, pick up, up all the balls. balls. Oh, I'm not going to go and chase them. You yeah. the one that was hitting them. I'm not going to yeah. go chase them. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, we definitely thank you for your time. And, Absolutely. And, and thank you for having us. Down here and, um, you know, we're going to blast this out as much as we can to the mm-hmm. people in South Absolutely. Jersey. Make sure you check out the Phenom, Phenom. Phenom. Factory. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a little tired, so, you know, it's trying to I told you I was going to quit today. This coffee ain't kicking in yet. But yeah, right. the Phenom Factory down here in Millville, if yes. people want to get in contact with the with you and organization, how can they do that? Uh, we have a Facebook page, uh, the Phenom Factory. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a website, thephenomfactory.com. Um, we're also here seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can give us a call at... Uh, 856-300-7400 
And uh, we set you up with private instruction. We also do birthday parties, too. Mm. So we're not just a batting facility. So we mm. do have a little bit for everybody. Um, and, you know, check out our website and come on down. Mm. This is what we want to do. How much is a bucket of balls? Five bucks. Five bucks. All right. How much money I got in my pocket? Here? You can have some balls? No, no, no. That's what we you want to do. You start up here? We want people to come here. So okay. you come down here. You mentioned Empowerment Perspective Group. You'll get a free bucket of balls on us. We'll pay for it for you. So uh, make sure you... Uh, do that. Make sure you say that empowerment perspective group, and uh, we'll make sure you get a free bucket of balls. How about that? It sounds good. How are we supposed to find out? Hmm? How are we supposed to find out? Listen, I'm talking to my man right here. I always call the phone like, yeah, got we got it. 50 people here. They don't have one. Got it. Got it. All right, we got now, it. We're going to put a cap on it. <laughs> so we'll do, how about the, 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 first, the first 20 people? We'll do that. So much first 20 people? That's all I got. Come yes. in and mention the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. Yeah. Get a bucket of balls. Bucket of balls. There you go. Okay, we'll do that. All right, we'll cool. do that. All right, gentlemen. So, we have an Empowerment Perspective group. Thank you for your time. Yes, and thank, you, thank, you. thank you so much. Yeah. Stuff. So, any last words, sir? Mm-hmm. Oh, congratulations on the new job. We're going to Miami, baby. We got a connection in Miami, so. Don't be surprised if we're knocking on Amazon's door. Absolutely. Tell me, Sergio, we need to do a podcast in Miami and get some lemon pepper wings. Absolutely. Yeah, right.